0: Well, thank you very
1: much, and welcome to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zerniel on special assignment today, so we are delighted to welcome our pinch hitter for Carol, Peaches Hall, is with us. Peaches is the director of the Wellmed Senior Center, in combination with the City of San Antonio, over at Ingram Park Mall. The is it the Griffin Senior Center? Doris Griffin. Yes, yeah, Doris Senior. Griffin Senior Center. Mm-hmm. She is a neat lady to begin with.
2: Amen. Amen. I am so glad to be here today.
1: Well, it's great to have you here. Thank you. And you are dressed in sort of a rose that matches your eyeglasses. Well,
2: I'm wearing more than a rose.
1: Well, you have more than a rose on. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And if you think about the last time we saw you many, many months ago, you, you always do a great job. And one of the things that I love about your background is not only running a senior center, leading many of the exercise classes... Uh, but before that, you spent time working in memory units.
2: I did, and I, um, I uh, there's a strange part of me that really misses that. There's a, a special giving to that, but also a very big taking.
1: And the taking is well, a lot of out of you.
2: Oh, yeah, a lot of hours, a lot of real focus, and so. but I do miss it, I do.
1: And one of the things that we're going to talk about today with our special guest, uh, Nurse Candace Slusher, is the whole issue of loneliness. And in a memory center where you have you know, a number of people uh, at various stages of dementia living uh, together, uh, there still must be lonely people.
2: Oh, amazing. Um, The loneliness sometimes is so strong, it's deafening. It just, it's painful. And sometimes it can really create such a bad vacuum that they cycle down and sometimes don't come back from it. So I'm glad to hear that there are uh, programs out there. I know Doris Griffin does a lot. And we see people come in thinking that they have other issues in their life, and it all stems from being lonely.
1: Well, we're delighted to have Candace in our studio. Candace Slusher is a graduate of Victoria College, uh, is an LVN in nursing, but also serves as the executive director of St. Michael's Home Care. And one of the things that, uh, well, she's right here. I can yes. not talk about her as if she's not here. One thing Candace, you told me uh, before we came into the studio was that we used to think of loneliness as an institution-wide problem, uh, and music therapy and other programs developed to help people who were institutionalized, uh, it turns out you said more people are lonely at home.
3: Well, and that was specifically about dementia, right. I mean, people who have any kind of dementia diagnosis. And uh, the last time I was on the show, we talked a lot about music and memory as a therapeutic, a non-medical therapeutic Um, method for reducing anxiety and behaviors for people who have dementia in long-term care settings like skilled nursing facilities and assisted living. And there's been a big push across the nation and especially with the state of Texas and I'd like to talk a little bit about the updates on that, but somewhere around 65 to 70 percent of everyone who has a dementia diagnosis is cared for in the home environment by a family caregiver. And so that's a whole different level of of loneliness, to, especially for spousal caregivers, to be taking care of the person that you've known and been side-by-side side with for maybe 50, 60 years, and now all of a sudden this is a shell of a person sitting next to you, so it's, it's lonely for the care recipient, it's lonely for the caregiver, and um, so I, I'd like to talk about, about those things today. Sure.
1: Let's start with the, the updates you want to give us on music therapy and uh, institutions.
3: Okay, great. So in 2014, the Department of Aging and Disability Services, which we lovingly called DADS, it's now HHS, but that's a whole nother show probably. So they recognized that um, there was an over-prevalence of medicating people who have dementia with antipsychotic drugs. And the reason for that is primarily safety to make sure that if they're a if they're fall risk, they're not falling. But the truth is, they were just over-medicated, and that caused a lot of other negative side effects that we didn't want to see. And so statistically in the nation, Texas was actually 49 out of 51 for the worst offenders of over-medicating our dementia residents. And so the dad's um, uh, department in Austin created the quality monitoring program which got together with Music and Memory, which you can find at musicandmemory.org, got together with that organization and started certifying facilities to provide this, this it's not quite music therapy, but it's, a, uh, it's where you get a playlist on, a, on an iPod usually or a, a CD or a tape or whatever, and give the people who have the dementia diagnosis beloved music. Music that they loved from their childhood up till the time they were about 25. That's when your frontal lobe is fully developed, and you kind of stop re- auto-recording all of the music that you love and listen to. But if you hear a song now that you h- knew in high school, if you haven't heard it in 20 years, not that you've been out of high school for 20 years, I'm sure. No, it's a but, lot more. <laughs> but if you, if you hear one of the songs, you know from the first note, you know every lyric.
1: What you're describing is Sirius XM's 50 on 50. Yes. (laughs) Which I tune to, or 60 on 60, 70 on 70. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And on 50 on 50, almost every song that comes on, I find myself singing along, pounding on the steering wheel, carried back to my high school days. Exactly. So it works for me. Knock wood, I don't have dementia yet.
3: But even if you do, knock on wood or your head, whichever we're knocking on today, even if you do... The music is embedded in your prefrontal, hold on, your medial prefrontal cortex. In your brain. In, in your brain. But it's, it's down there. It's in a very specific part. And the ability to recognize the emotion that that music brings with it comes first. So music brings the emotion. The emotion then brings the memory that comes along with that.
1: That's if pretty that cool. Sense. We'll talk more about that in okay. a minute for those of you who just joined us. I'm Ron Aaron. Along with Peaches Hall, who is pinch-hitting today for our co-host Carol Zerniel, Candace Slusher is our very special guest. She's with an organization, St. Michael's Home Care, that does a lot of work in home uh, with patients who are struggling with dementia and other issues. And I will turn my beeper off, which was my phone, Please, making some oh kind of announcement. Now, be quiet, Siri. They- What you mentioned about deep in your brain, that memory comes back. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about, I think just yesterday I was listening to something. uh, It's either CNN or 50s (laughs) on 50 when I can't stand the stress of CNN any longer. I I, I heard some songs that brought me back to my high school prom with my date then, Janet Green, who unfortunately died in an air crash as a stewardess back then, stewardesses versus flight attendant. So I was there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Interesting. I I loved seeing that. And then I
1: ran into a telephone pole. No. <laughs> Not really,
2: and so many people will say, "How, how do you know what they're going to remember?" And you, all you have to do is start singing songs from that generation, and Try they it. sing along with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So some of our they people sing along with you, or they get or they furrow their brow if they don't like
3: it, yeah. or they start clapping, or they start crying, and, and you just yeah. You yeah. You
2: see watch the all the emotions.
1: Yeah,
3: you watch yeah. for their reaction, though.
1: And how has that done in reducing overmedication, which is what we were talking about? Where Texas ranked forty-nine. Out of 50-some states and territories, not a good place to be in over-medicating. Where are we now?
3: Well, uh, yeah, that was terrible for Texas' ego, that's for sure. So the, the, the process is that the quality monitoring program has taken civil monetary penalties so anytime a facility might do something wrong they may get a fine from the state right so that money goes into a pool where they've turned around and used that money to pay for equipment and training for these facilities and out of 1250 facilities in texas i believe there's only about 200 left to still be certified and we have now gone from number 49 up to 24 out of 51 in just four years so we have some more ways to go we have a ways to go, but boy, is that effective. That's incredible.
1: Now, talk to me about those who are at home with dementia who are lonely, and you mentioned it, the caregiver as well. In fact, we know that many caregivers predecease the person they're caring for, mm-hmm. and part of that is loneliness.
3: A big part of that,
2: is so,
1: how do we intervene? How do we make it better? Peaches, you've had experience with this.
2: Yeah, I I uh, I enjoy the music not just for sitting down and doing a group music program if you're in a, a you know assisted living or memory care, but even at home if you're having trouble bathing somebody and they're anxious, then that favorite song you can start singing and sometimes they will do those those ADLs that you can't get them to do any other time. They may be a little easier to redirect and put into a shower. Um, so. So you start doing You Are My Sunshine or the Gata De Vida or whatever your song was, but you'll find that, and it'll, it'll trigger.
1: Now, ADLs are activities of daily living, mm-hmm. things like bathing. Yes, yes. How does it work with six-year-olds?
2: Um, I, I, the wheels on the bus, go. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it works. This is the way we brush our teeth? <laughs> so we, yeah. we have that? to try that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly.
1: Uh, my twins of the th- two boys, Kennedy sometimes uh, reacts to a bath yeah. with very loud vocalizations. So we'll have to start playing music for him.
2: Yes, or give him popsicles in the tub.
1: Or put him in restraints. I'm just kidding (laughs) about the restraints. So for home uh, intervention, what's being done now, Candice?
3: Well, the actual Music in Memory program is wonderful, but it's really set up at this point for an institutional type of program. So I say if you're at home and you don't have your old record collection, with a record player, which is not as easy to find as it used to be, then just turn on whatever music channel your cable has. You know, they have mm-hmm. the different decades or, or genres of music and figure out what works for your loved one. What do they respond to best? If you have a particular CD that you play in the car that they sing along to, let's make sure we're playing that before we go into a doctor's office. Try to reduce some of that anxiety. Um, and And, you know, you could have specific music for activity, like Mm -hmm. it's time to shower, it's time to eat, Mm -hmm. it's time to, um, you know, time to get dressed. And then you may have other music for relaxation time, it's time to wind down and get ready to go to bed. Mm -hmm. So any means of getting music that your loved one recognizes Mm -hmm. into their life on a daily basis, for me, it better be daily. That's on
2: my plan of care that I've already written. So, and that's great, because we all know our loved ones mm-hmm. so when you start to train your you have caregivers that mm-hmm. go into the home mm-hmm. what is it you how is your very beginning what's your basic training for them well, we actually do
3: um, a four-hour dementia basics training for each caregiver within mm-hmm. the first couple of weeks of employment Great. but then along with that each individual client has that s- that specific care plan and the care plan is going to include what do they love? What brings them down? What so triggers them? But a lot of times, that's going to be music. What genre? Where do we find that? When do we play it? Now so how do you, you find that out?
1: You
2: actually sit down with the family Thank and you. listen. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's an did. interview with the family. Good. Mm-hmm. And that's now, important. Now, so did
1: I, I did I hear you correctly, Candace? That you have done your own care plan for yourself?
3: <laughs> it's written. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I've got I've got my priorities. I I need my eyebrows plucked, and I need my music. That's
1: and important. it's written, <laughs> and in a place where. When you don't know where it is, someone will find it.
3: It's it's in, it's in the file. <laughs> it's in the file. This yeah. is the
1: Candace Care Plan mm-hmm. file.
3: Mm-hmm. I have one written for everyone in
2: my family. I'm really? Not sure. I don't, now they know that. I didn't tell them. Yeah.
1: That's pretty cool.
2: So what other questions do you ask families when you send somebody to them? What things are important for you to know to give a good care plan and to do good care? We talk a lot about preferences,
3: and it's my job to get to know their personality and mm-hmm. see where they need to be on a daily basis with each little activity. Mm-hmm. Um, even things like, is your hot meal at breakfast, lunch, or dinner? You know, mm-hmm. uh, When do you snack? When does the trash go out? Mm-hmm. Do they prefer showers in morning or evening? What is mm-hmm. your normal? Let's try and stay within that. Let's and
1: pick that up in just a minute. Stick okay. with us. Talking with Candace Slusher, our co-host, Peaches Hall, is here as well. Pinch hitting for Carol Zurniel. I'm Ron Aaron. You're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I want to remind you, if you are just joining us, that we're all new in terms of format and time for our Caregiver SOS on air program and for WellMed Radio. We're excited with WellMed Radio to let you know that our goal is to help listeners live healthier, focusing on health and wellness for adults everywhere. The new WellMed Radio features Dr. Joshua Beck, WellMed Family Physician and me, attorney and veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron. Each week, we focus on health prevention and wellness topics essential to the quality of life for all. We also bring in experts like Candace on a variety of issues. And if you join us weekly, you'll hear a whole lot of stuff you want to hear. WellMed Radio, Saturdays at noon on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. And what I meant to say is WellMed Radio is on at 7 a.m. Saturdays on 9.30 a.m. The Answer and Sundays at noon on 1160 Freedom. I'm Ron Aaron along with Peaches Hall who is pinch hitting for Carol Zerniel right here on Caregiver SOS on Air. Our special guest, Candace Slusher, who is the executive director of St. Michael's Home Care. She's the managing partner there and we were talking about what we can do to help caregivers, care recipients, With dealing with loneliness if they're being cared for at home.
2: I I always like to call it digging for diamonds because sometimes you can let the family members walk out with them on the bottom of their shoes instead of getting those bits that you really need. So I love that you ask them about what their time preferences are. And also, do you work with them on that person's history and what they did for a living and all those buttons that might push positive or negative? Absolutely. Um, Especially if there's
3: specific behaviors that we are trying either not to trigger or to, um, to reduce, you mm-hmm. know, to try to keep certain things from happening. I'm, it's very common that somebody with dementia has an aversion to bathing. So we'll talk about some creative ways to go around that, specific phrases that might work. <laughs> who's the authority figure for that person mm-hmm. y- you know well your doctor says or there's a favorite nephew who's coming to see you you know if if you need to kind of yeah. join their journey make something up do what it takes for for good hygiene right, right? or or good nutrition mm-hmm.
1: Well, talk to me and, and peaches you would know from mm-hmm. uh, your work in memory units what is it about bathing and folks with dementia, they, they often react negatively to yeah. it. Yeah,
2: uh, they're, they're always cold. You, you see a temperature change in them. And so when you go into the shower, if you haven't warmed it up, and if you haven't steamed it up, it's uncomfortable. Um, it just has a very uncomfortable, colder feel to it. So we used to warm it up, and if we were sweating, we knew it was perfect for them. And I always served coffee in the shower. Really? <laughs> <Yes>. That's smart. <laughs> yeah, for breakfast, I'd say, let's go have a cup of coffee. And, you know, if they spilled it, it's okay. Because you're <laughs> yeah. in the shower. That's right, yeah.
1: That's pretty you know
3: it also could be that depending on where they grew up and in what kind of environment they may not have had an actual shower with water hitting them in the face Mm -hmm. perhaps Mm -hmm. the bath was the way they grew Mm -hmm. up and with this retrogenesis you see with people with dementia depending on where they are a bath of some sort might be better. The water comes up. It's not in your face. It's not intimidating. It's less scary.
2: And what time did they usually bathe? Some yeah. people only bathe yeah. in the morning or in the evening. Yeah. And so this is uncomfortable, foreign to them. They may have already been on their way to work if they were a farmer, and they didn't bathe early in the morning. They just put those green jeans on and they were gone. Well, you're
1: going to sweat all day anyhow. That's
2: right. That's exactly. right. So there was a lot, there's a lot of things that are different. And some people feel like they should be doing work right now. Why am I doing this? It's, you know, it's already bright and the light, you know, the sun up. I should be working.
1: Let so. me ask you something, Candace, because it's a great tip for those of us who aren't caregivers yet. But we may be at some point. Mm-hmm. When you put together your caregiver plan, uh, now the secret's out for your family mm-hmm. members a- as well. What kind of questions were you asking? What were you looking for? And what did you put in that plan?
3: well a lot of it is 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 some specifics until i put it on paper i actually didn't realize how vain i was and how much time (laughs) i spent
1: primping (laughs) like the eyebrow thing by the way your eyebrows look great
3: (laughs) they better but thank you yes that's (laughs) um it's really important to me i'm not i'm not kidding about that so uh but i did put specifics like like i have a playlist already started for the kinds of music that i like Mm -hmm. to listen to and Mm -hmm. when is the best time to play that kind of thing for me um about that i i like to cook i dance in the kitchen and i don't like to clean up afterwards that's so in my house dinner is a two-person job one person cooks and one person cleans and we just draw straws really but um you know things like what kinds of things do i like to do for activities what makes me happy what makes me laugh what are my favorite movies um, or, or television shows, you know. I don't. I don't like dramas or reality TV because I don't like too that close <laughs> to home. Yeah, I have my own reality. I'm good with that. I want to watch something that is completely fake and episodic, and I don't have to follow along. You know, little things like that. Those it details are going to make my life better. Therefore, probably the life of my caregiver, because I don't foresee being an easy no, n- yeah, person to care for.
1: You know, and the no. beauty with services like Netflix or YouTube TV. You can bring back the old movies that, oh. uh, as you age, you yes. may still want to see. For me, it would be 24-7 Rudy. That's all Rudy. I need yeah. is
2: Rudy.
0: Yeah. So, oh, that's
2: a great movie. So by listening to your care plan, if I was your caregiver, the one thing I would do is say, would you come and help me cook today? Because I, I could use your expertise. Absolutely. And then at dishes time, I'd say, will you sit and sing to me while we're doing the dishes? Absolutely. Because you'd be like having a heart attack if I asked you to dry. hmm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly right. And
1: putting it down on paper is the key here. Smart.
2: Well, it it is for
3: me. And and having done caregiving and nursing and specifically in geriatrics for 24 years now, Mm. not that I've seen it all, but it it does give me a picture of of what I'm going to need to do. And not just for myself, but for my, my mother in law, my husband and I are caregivers for her, for my parents. They've got a few years yet before they're going to need help, but I'm, I've got their plan, care plan ready, too. I know what they're going to need.
2: So when you're training your staff, do mm-hmm. you use you as an example with your list? Is Absolutely. It, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So they all know what you like and don't like. <laughs> that's great for Christmas. But, the, you know, that's a that's a great way to do it. And I love the hands-on. So many people have caregivers that they send out, and they have no idea what they're doing. They don't know to extend a hand because everybody with dementia will shake your hand. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, they don't know any of those things. So that's wonderful that you do that. That makes that person, that sets a great beginning. Absolutely does. And, th- you know, the majority of people who need any kind of care
3: have some sort of dementia factor. It doesn't mean it's Alzheimer's. There's lots of different dementias being being recognized and diagnosed, um, lots of vascular, um, even diabetic-related dementias. There's oh, several yeah. different kinds. But and just Parkinson's, at, too. Oh, and Parkinsonism. A Lewy body, frontal temporal lobe, yeah. so many. And so it's really important to at least just have the basics to understand, you know, caregivers, you don't need to be right. You need to succeed. Yes. And sometimes them being right is going to help you succeed, if that makes sense. But
1: you yes. also need to know where to go for help. Absolutely. Because so many caregivers think of the Lone Ranger, that there's nothing out there, it's just them.
3: And we see that all the time. With the caregiver stress busting program, I've been a facilitator of that for years now. And what I see at the beginning of a course is that eight different caregivers come in exhausted, isolated. They're alone. They've had no one to help. Everyone who's their friend and says, let me know what I can do to help you, doesn't really mean it when it comes down to it. And they don't understand. So they've lost their friends. They've lost their identity.
1: My mother went through that when she was caring for my dad who had dementia. They had a large number of friends, but nobody ever came to help.
2: They didn't get it.
1: And then after he died, everybody went away. She never saw any of them again.
2: And Mm -hmm. I am amazed because when I used to run dementia units, I'd hardly see any visitors. And then when they passed, the funeral was packed. I was, where Where were they at? What's the answer? Well, part of that is fear. Mm-hmm. So it's You un- don't
1: catch it by touching someone. No,
2: but it's uncomfortable to see it. it yes. is, you, you know How do you react? What can I say to somebody? So they're not joining the journey. Exactly. It's, it's very hard for them to do that.
3: And there's a stigma behind it. And mm-hmm. actually, I think media is doing a great job removing some of that agree. stigma. You
2: see it so much now in, in movies and television. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that's tremendously helpful. And the other thing I say is instead of saying, call me if you need something, just stop by. I don't care if their hair's a mess. I don't care what's going on. Say, I'm going to be here. Just go take a shower. Or get dressed and go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Just go and get out of here. Go get a Krispy Kreme donut. I don't care. you got me in your hair for an hour. Get lost. Right, right. And caregivers don't feel like they can ask
3: for help. They don't know how or they think. Or so tied up. They yeah. don't get chance to do yeah. it. You know, it's. But it's that is snowball. one of the beauties of the stress-busting program is within a few weeks, those caregivers come in, and they've showered, and they've got their makeup on, and they're smiling and socializing yeah. with each other, and they're able to rediscover their own identity, which just helps them be a better caregiver. It's
1: interesting because if you have a newborn, there's so many Mother's Day Out programs. Mm-hmm. And many friends will come over and watch the baby, but they won't watch Grandpa.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just scary
2: until you've been in it. and, and Well, and we're... we're um, we're taught that we should be embarrassed helping someone go to the bathroom when mm-hmm. they're an adult. And it's not because they need the help. So, you know I, know, I know that not everybody can help do that. But if you can, then stop by and give somebody that break. But don't keep saying, you know, I'm going to wait for you to call me. Just go. Go do it. That's a very good point. That's now, we've got point.
1: about a minute left, Candice, before we let you go. I'm curious, uh, if you think of all the tips you pass on to caregivers, what are some of the top
3: or well, one of them that we just said is, is figure out a way to ask for help. I always say just keep a list of little things. If you are forever running out of peanut butter, then when somebody calls and says, hey, what can I do? Pick me up another jar of peanut butter while you're at the store. Just little things. Or I needed this package sh- shipped out. Could you go to the mailbox for me? Mm-hmm. Little things that take up big parts of your day. And
1: don't yeah. be afraid to ask.
3: And don't be afraid to ask. Don't rob someone of the gift of helping. Think about how good you feel when you help somebody.
2: And I also Mm -hmm. want to to remind everybody out there to assist people who are seniors right now and reverting back to babysitting now that school's out because they do need help. They're Mm -hmm. babysitting young kids they are not used to it, so give them a break, too. Absolutely.
1: And as you think about uh, the challenges we face, we're all getting older. The numbers of folks who will be caregivers is astronomical over time, but we're going to run out of caregivers. There won't be enough left. So how do you fill that void?
3: Hmm, that's a tough one. There, there's a caregiver shortage. It's nationwide. And I think educating and also removing that stigma, teaching, mm-hmm. teaching young people the value and bridging that generation gap and, and learning more about just providing hands-on care to somebody you care about in any capacity. I see a lot of caregivers who maybe their only previous experience was taking care of family, and it's fulfilling and they'll keep it up.
1: If so. you want to talk to folks at St. Michael's Home Care, call
3: 210-882-6559.
1: And there's no charge for the phone call. Absolutely.
3: I like talking.
1: And you can... <laughs> good. You can <laughs> fill people in on the kind of things you can do.
3: Absolutely. But would love to. Would love to be a service.
1: Well, Candace Lusher, thank you very much. Peaches Hall, uh, although there are no cans anymore, another show in the can. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. you. This is great. I'm Ron Aaron. For Carol Zerniel on Special Assignment, we'll talk with you soon on Caregiver SOS
0: on air.